Episode 310, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 12, The Sign. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friends. And they are going to introduce themselves in whatever order they want to. I'm Agent Samantha, and I saw the sign. Uh, you win. You win. You were the first one to quote the song. But is she the first one to sing it? That's really the question. I don't and know. That's I Stuart. That's well, we okay. had a karaoke machine when I was a kid, and that was one of the songs. <laughs> I had a CD player, and that was definitely on the songs. Hi, I'm Agent Stu. Yay. Yay. We're all here. We're all Yay. here. Yes. Yes. I said it would happen last episode. Um, also said that it just looks like that you guys don't like each other anymore because you weren't coming on at no. the same time. But Well, we, we got into this huge argument over – Something stupid, and it took us a while, but we settled our differences. That is not true. <laughs> that is not why. <laughs> There's not. no way we could settle our differences. Uh, uh, no, it it, <laughs> it just – this is timing, and, and it was the right timing for this episode. So we're good to go, and we're all three here, and we'll see if we're all three here for the next episode as well, which we did decide that we are doing the sign and – was it New Life, I think, is episode 13? Yes. Uh, we're doing them separately, even though they aired on the same night. So that is what we're doing. And, yeah, we're here to talk about the sign. Uh, and I think we're – I don't know if there's any news to talk about of note because it really has to be of note. There's a lot of fake news that is really getting me upset I'm really hating certain websites these days because they have so many articles that just contradict each other. I, but, I signed up for D+. Plus. That's oh, pretty newsworthy. That is cool, yeah. We got a, yeah. a three-year subscription, so, you know, might be dropping Netflix. They, they made you get a three-year subscription? No, with it, – so there was like – go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's one of the options. Yeah, for this one of the options. Yeah, and if you signed up as like a while D twenty three was going on, if you had a if you signed up, you got a discount twenty three percent off a three year subscription, and it came out to like basically a year free. Oh. So it was a really good deal. Is that the one you signed up for? Yeah. Okay, because you can now also still sign up without that now. I think because that I was think a very limited do. time. And yeah, yeah and I, I just wasn't able to. I didn't have the extra cash during that time. Um, I'm still not sure then if I'm going to sign up with what they've got because I don't know how it's going to even out with the package deal that you can get with Hulu, Disney Plus, and not that I ESPN? care, but ESPN <laughs> Plus. Although the ESPN Plus might allow us to see some of the Notre Dame games that we can't watch 
because they Notre, aren't on NBC. No, Notre Dame. Now, now, now. That's what my family does on Saturdays. That's a thing. I was thinking that ESPN Plus might allow you to see curling. Ooh, that. Oh, I hadn't thought about that either. Now, if ESPN Plus was connected in with the Olympics, that might be something. But that's yeah, but an they, NBC thing. In the yeah. United States, the Olympics airs on what NBC usually anyway. So yeah, yeah and all of their channels. Uh, yeah. But what if uh, ESPN Plus had just regular curling? That's uh, probably not likely. Now, is that when the young ladies take their hair and they use the iron? There's an iron involved, yes. No. That's no? not funny. It doesn't have to be. Don't you mock curling. <laughs> Don't you dare, sir. Every, ben, everybody mocks curling. You don't have to do even, it. Because we face. love curling. Even Corner Gas mocks curling. That was not mocking. <laughs> that was loving ribbing. <laughs> sure. And that was a fantastic episode, by the way. It, oh, absolutely was. Absolutely was. Fantastic episode. Hurry hard. All right. Let's talk about uh, the MCU. How's that yeah, sound? Yeah, that's good. So the sign. Uh, this episode. Oh, first, a quick poll. Who of us have seen the new life that happens after this episode? I have. I have not. <laughs> also. Okay, good. I have not either. So. Samantha is going to have to pretend that she hasn't seen that yet. Uh, but as per usual, <laughs> well, I forget where this episode ends and the next one begins. So if I drop uh, a spoiler, we may have to rewind and pretend that spoiler did not happen. <sighs> it means editing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, this is the episode that ends with Agent May getting stabbed by a sword. That's and ah, getting dropped okay. through a portal. That's oh, yes. Right. OK. So that is how this episode ends. Um, but anyway, you're going to have to pretend. But as usual, for Stuart and I, any predictions that we get correct, we can take credit for. And anything we get wrong, it's genuinely wrong. We really didn't know. So. Not that I would make up like why, why would I get something wrong on purpose? As far as like conjecture and stuff like that, it's kind of silly, but. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this episode then. The sign. We start in the temple with Izel. She's brought Flint to life with the creation stone, uh, which that's a great fear for Mac and Yo-Yo because he can bring – he can fix the stones and that's what their fear is, that she would get the stones, the monoliths. And so she quickly figures out his power, possesses him. And she rebuild, rebuilds the monoliths. And she also sends out a bunch of Shrike to be her army. And she goes out. Well, we'll talk about it, I guess, in a moment. But she goes out and says, Shrike, go and be my army. And they take over the bodies of some of the locals. Uh, meanwhile, Flint has, uh, because of the way he's been created, he acts as he did in the future. Um as, as someone would from the future coming back to the past and seeing Mac and Yo-Yo and he unties them and she returns, possesses Yo-Yo, breaks his leg using Yo-Yo's power, kind of just as a alpha male kind of thing. Ow. Yeah. So yeah, that, 
that is what happens. Let's let's stop there for a moment because we've got some things to discuss. Maybe um, one one of them being when she goes out, she leaves them behind and leaves them alone, and then she just goes out into the forest and like. Go, Shrike, build my army and be my army. And that was a cheesy moment to me. I just, yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty cheeseball. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, um, this, this season has gotten a little on the cheeseball side and I don't mind it necessarily, but it's moments like this where you go, yeah, you're, you're a comic book thing. And yeah, it's getting a little getting low on the crazy side if she hadn't announced it you know if she had just done it she's she's eating the scenery here as a bad guy yes and i think that's probably part of it for me is that she really is hamming it up i think a little bit uh because she is super powerful bad guy and and she's acting like you know cliche super villain, super super powerful super villain and and that's not bad by the way, you know, we've seen that before to lesser and greater effect. And I think this is OK. I mean, she's she's fairly interesting to watch. I don't know what her end game is. You know, what I do like about this stuff here, though, is. Creative use of superpowers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about watching superhero things is when they use their powers, first you get to know them and you get to feel like, okay, this is what their powers are. This is what they can do with their powers. And then they start playing with their powers and using them in in creative ways. And so in this one, you know, using the monolith to create Flint and then using her with her power to be able to step into Flint and use his powers and, and get what she wants out of it. Um, So I, I like that whole bit. I like what she was doing there. It was and just I like that they they brought back the the third monolith and made a, a made it more important than just leaving it there. And I don't know what it does. Yeah. 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 Well, without giving away spoilers, um, from here on out, yeah, I agree. Izel's a little bit hammy, cheesy. You know the whole sandwich. And all the fixings. And generally speaking, a ham and cheese sandwich is not a bad thing. I no, enjoy it's ham not. I love sandwich. ham and cheese sandwiches. It's frequently my lunch, but no, I don't like it on a TV show. And I mean, unless I'm like watching Friends and Joey's eating a sandwich, I generally <laughs> do not like ham and cheese on a show. See, I do. It's just you got to build the show around it. You know, if the show yeah. is, yeah. If, if the show is intentionally cheesy. And intentionally hammy uh, and they do it well, you know, um, it makes me think of the great Muppet Caper where uh, Uh, Kermit accuses Miss Piggy of of hamming it up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a lover's spat for them. But yeah, I I, in the end, you think she's she's a threatening villain. Yes. Do you think she is hamming it up well in this? She's Well, she is hammy in, in her dialogue, but I think otherwise she is a very threatening villain. I – yeah. I'm, I, I think exactly what you just said, Samantha, except the dialogue that she's given. That scene would have been a completely different thing if she had just gone out 
with this terrifying look on her face and just sent the Shrike out and just muttered to herself, now go and take care, you know, uh, or yeah. something like that. And instead of this, go, my Shrike, go and summon well, my army. And yeah. You yeah, know, it was it a little bit Plan 9 from Outer Space. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of <laughs> like Vaudeville. It reminds me of, of a little bit of Vaudeville, a little bit of, of cheesiness. And there's something wrong with that. Yeah, it's it's broad. It's big. And yeah, it's that was the line delivery. I just. That took me out a little bit, uh, and there's some stuff toward the end that takes me out a little bit, too. But but that said, she is a threatening presence and what she's going to do and what she can do is pretty evil. And and there's they're they're rightfully scared. Um, So. Do you want to talk about Flint now, or maybe we should wait until we get to the argument about Flint? But this idea of Flint and who is he and what is he? He is a created copy of Flint. Yeah. And now, so it's not actually him. So, so do we need to remind people who Flint was? We talked a little bit about last episode. But okay. yeah, I mean, he is from the future. He is actually a friend of Deke and he has he's an inhuman with the power to control rocks. So his name Flint uh, and he was able to like make them float and he was able to um, repair the time monolith so they could use that enough to get back into the past and this is where the creativity of the scripting and the creativity of the character, Izel, really comes into play where she doesn't know what she's going to get from Mac and Yo-Yo's fears. Uh, but once she gets what she gets, she figures out how to use it really quickly. And, and that's really cool. But it's also a cool callback. Let's bring Flint back. And it makes sense in the context of this episode. It's not this does not feel like a shoehorned. Hey. It, we're coming towards the end of the series. Let's bring out all the greatest hits, you know, bring out all the guest stars. And this really, really fits the story well. I'm really glad that they brought him back because, I mean, despite whatever flaws and arguments you have later, um, I thought he was a great character. And I, when we left the future, I felt sad that we were leaving him behind. I was kind of hoping that he would somehow come with them. But how do you feel that it's not him? Uh, how do I feel when Captain Kirk is is um, transported down to a planet? I mean, no, no, no. This is very different than that. I mean, the context of that is that it's the same person going and coming with this. This is a true. created being created with his memories. And, and this is where you can kind of fudge it up a little bit because, yeah, you're using the three monoliths or using. Well, you're using a mon- you're using the, the creation monolith powers to actually right. create a person. And, and so the, there's there's magic involved, I guess. But he's got the memories. He knows Mac and Yo-Yo. He's acting like the same guy. He's got the powers. He's got the power. Well, but, at the same time, is this not how Deke ended up in the past or supposedly? Because in the future version we saw, he did die in, in an explosion. But somehow, magically, he appeared in the past when the agents went back. 
That well, I don't remember. The same argument the same argument can be applied to Fitz. It right? has been. so yeah. Sure. And well, it, it's different for Fitz because he is from the same like he was actually Fitz. True. Yes. Uh it's it, just but this, it's him from a different timeline. But this is Sarge. And they actually have this argument later on where they send Piper with with Flint because he hurt his leg or, well, broke his leg. Uh, they send her away and and Daisy's like, he's not real. Why are you sending someone away who's not even real? And then they're talking about Sarge in the same way where he was created out of Coulson, uh, you know, an imprint of Coulson or whatever. And so is Sarge real or not? And. Yeah, that's something I do hope happen. It gets cleared up at the end of in the last episode is what do these three monoliths mean? How do they impact the greater story? All of those things that I've been harping on for two years. (laughs) And for the listeners who have seen the next episode, I am just sitting here quietly. Because you have to. Because I have to. Yes. I mean, these (laughs) and I want to (laughs) I want to say something, but don't don't say no, I won't. No, I mean, don't. Don't spoil. Jeez. That's something we try really hard here at Welcome to Level 7. I shouldn't say just here. I mean, that's actually a very, very common thing. But Yeah, and you know me. I accidentally spoil frequently, and I'm trying not to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, but so moving moving on, we like Izel. We wish she was less hammy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I'm curious about Flint and just what does it mean, his creation? Uh, I mean, when you may have an exact copy of a human being. Look, I've seen multiplicity more than once and sooner or later copies of copies degenerate. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, you're, I've you're seen right. That movie too, but it, it, uh, I think that's a different situation, yeah, too. Different situation, but yeah, the copy of the copy thing is—it's valid for I think Sarge, for sure. With for yes. Flint, for Flint, I just want to see where where it goes as far as like how how good of a copy is he, even. I mean, he's based on the thoughts and memories of Mac and Yo-Yo. Oh, that's true. So, like, if he had a, a deficiency in his powers that they didn't know about, his that goes away. Maybe, unless magic causes the the powers of the monolith or whatever to reach into time and actually find him and create a perfect copy. I mean, you could... You could... Uh, no prize your way yeah. into an explanation, well, which we haven't just... talked about much lately. But the no prize being readers would send in explanations for why mistakes that happened in Marvel comics, especially regarding continuity, um, weren't really mistakes because Marvel writers don't make mistakes. And so then the the readers would write in and say, well, the reason is – because the stone reached into the future and actually uh, made an exact copy from the future. And, and so Flint is an exact copy. 
we'll just have to and wait we're and see. dealing with magic it's and yeah. they've, they've separated itself so far from from science that yeah it may resemble science somewhat but there's still a lot of magic going on yeah i i can see where not no prize could be created if you could somehow um attach them to the inhumans um because their powers are created on based what the universe needed at that moment so I don't know. Maybe the stones at that moment knew Flint what would was be needed. needed in the past. I don't know. Maybe, and he would be created in the past. Although he was needed in the future too. True. Yes. But of course, that's a different timeline of Flint. It's true. It's true. Yeah. The thing. Speaking of Inhumans, Disney Plus that's is right. going to have Inhumans, yeah. so I don't Band-Aid have to spend hard. money to watch it. Uh, with my kids if we ever get around to it. What season are you guys on now? Uh, season four. So Ghost Rider okay. stuff. Yep. Yep. They will be able to watch season seven in real time with me. Nice. That's nice. that's the th- that's their big goal, big hope. Um, and right now what we're doing is we're going through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Stranger Things season two. And... Um, but it's it's taking us a while because we have to wait until our youngest child goes to bed. And then if there's time and homework is done and things like that, and we don't have to get up early in the morning for like cross-country meets, um, we'll take the time to watch something. But all the kids have to also be here. So all four of them. So one of them works. The other one works somewhere else. So it is taking a little bit of time, but we'll get there. It's next summer. So we'll get there. Well, okay. All right. Good luck. Yeah, you'll you have you have time. So let's talk about the rescue then. Uh, May and Daisy and Sarge are going to rescue Mac and Yo-Yo. They are going to defeat Izel. And the way that they're going to do this is they have guns with bullets that will act like the daggers and the sword that's going to be used to stop the Shrike. And they also have a disruption thing that protects people from Izel being able to f- leap into them. And it actually works like Dizel tries to leap into Daisy and, and can't. Um, during all this, May really hopes that Sarge will turn out to be Coulson. And so on arrival at the temple, they go in. Uh, Piper is with them, uh, but she goes to fix the Zephyr while May and Sarge and Daisy head in for the rescue. But they're confronted by locals who have been turned into Cannon, cannon fodder zombies, yes. Uh, and in the midst of this, uh, Sarge makes a joke about this being a little bit of overkill when he has to use a bunch of bullets to put down one of the zombies. And that gives me even a little bit more hope that Coulson is in there somewhere, somehow. So you want to talk about zombies? I, think a, <laughs> I found a quote for it. What's that? Uh, the, she said, Melinda said, you saw it. That was Coulson even had the same darn twinkle in his eye. I'm sorry. She did not say darn. Um, and Daisy said, or Sarge finally learned how to tell, land a joke. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the responses are interesting. I mean, May is sitting there hoping, hoping that this is going to end up being Coulson back again sky on the other hand is hoping that sarge is just going to recognize 
the Coulson-ness of, of his, um, his current, I don't know what you would call, uh, his current vessel. Um, this physical vessel that he has chosen to inhabit and, and that the memories came with this physical vessel. And so you got these kind of different conflicting things. Meanwhile, Mac just thinks he's evil. He's going to try and kill us again. And well, you, you, at the end, we kind of maybe see who's right, who's wrong. But I have a thought about that, which we'll talk about when we get to the end. And Samantha is going to have to just be quiet about it <laughs> because yes. she can't reveal what she actually knows. But um, if, if if you could see me, I would be zipping my mouth and throwing away the key. So good. Classic. <sighs> Classic. Yes. Can't swallow the key though if your mouth is up. I yeah, never understood yeah. swallowing of the key. I never and understood I the key on a zipper in the first place. Like there's there's more involved. With... It's a zipper with a lock system that has a key. Yeah, I just don't understand the lock system. You know, when I was a kid, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, I uh, maybe put too much thought into it as a kid, but yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh. Okay, so we started talking about Sarge. Uh, anything more there? I mean, this guy, poor guy, is there to kill his lover. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, as of right now, Sarge is Coulson's spirit and mind and whatnot brought in from the desolate planet that Hive was on, right? Uh, I don't remember yes. where they got it, but when the but monoliths, they, yeah. Oh, not from the planet, from another dimension. No, it was, it came through when they were, when they had the fear dimension stuff going on. So when they did, when they did the bomb at the end, uh, of season, whatever it was, and Five. Coulson and Coulson went in with it, uh, there was like a snapshot kind of thing of his being. And that's where that energy being entered his body and became physical. And yeah, so that's when it happened. And made a copy. Yeah. And that copy was thrown with the energy soul was thrown elsewhere in the, in the universe. Yeah. And so then Coulson died before Sarge made his way back. But he had also was on a planet that was moving faster than light or something or not maybe not faster than light, but close to the speed of light. So he aged. A lot. He lived like over 100 years. While he really had a very short lifetime. In, in Earth time. And this is where I'm. I'm. I'm trying to figure out the timeline and how this all works and also how this all works with all the historical Aztec stuff as well. I think that's just window dressing at this point. It could have been Aztecs. It could have been ancient Egyptians. It just happened to be Aztecs, but it's distant past is what I mean. So like in the distant past, somehow they knew about like there were Shrike there in the distant past, or I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, that's one thing I haven't been able to follow is just how that 
ancient timeline works with what's going on with Sarge and Izel. Yeah. I feel like that is a loose thread that could be wrapped up very, very soon. With very easily too, with just two sentences of of exposition, honestly, mm-hmm. if they want to. But uh so Sarge any more about him before we talk about um the zombie outbreak? Um I have more to say, but I'm going to save it towards the end of the episode. Okay. What do you guys think about the zombie outbreak? Nah. Uh, If I wanted to watch, if I wanted to watch zombie outbreak, I'd watch a different show. Yeah. uh, The last kids on earth on Netflix. It's uh, sure. Animated uh, kids apocalypse show. Yep. It's not. I not mean, bad. Z- zombies are a metaphor for uh, humans getting sucked in by mass culture, right? Or mass something. Well, uh, there are there's a lot of different metaphors. That's one of them for sure. Um, yeah. And, and here they aren't zombies. They're just they're they're not in control of their own life, and and they're mindless, and they're aggressive. So they're acting like zombies. It looks like zombies, but it's not zombies. I thought zombies were a reduction of humans to their basest impulses. That's another one. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of different metaphors you can use for what zombies represent and what beyond the zombies representing something, like what the human confronting of a zombie represents. So like in Walking Dead, you have the whole idea that the humans are actually the walking dead. You know, the the, the living humans are the walking dead and the zombies are uh, the title's not describing the zombies. Um, it, but, it, yeah, I mean, they can represent consumerism. They can represent um, po- political ideology. I mean, they can, a, the, a zombie outbreak can represent any number of different things. Um and then the, how the zombies work also comes about in different ways. So maybe it is that they're just um, suddenly you have a human who's devoid of soul and personality who is, yes, just pursuing one thing, appetite. And But if you're going to do that, you better explain how they're not dying when, when they can't eat. So how are they immortal and they want to eat? But yeah. But if they don't eat... They're still alive. I, I Plotonium to the rescue. Yeah. Unobtainium. Unobtainium, yes. Uh, I do like, though, the weapons that they devise that actually Shaw, or Deke, helps devise with the guns, with bullets that are from the knives that they use to, to destroy the Shrike, and the uh, frequency disruption so that... Yes, uh, I like those. Can't jump into people. Yeah, and the way they came up with that, I know you guys talked about it in the last episode, but the way they came up with sort of the science behind that was really interesting and good to see. Well, I'm glad that um, we got to see Deke actually doing something besides just kind of whining. Yeah. I feel like that's what he's been reduced to. And, but 
I mean, as I actually did not like the episode where we go and we see his his business because I I just thought that that's what he was reduced to was just a whiny millennial or a, a perception of what a millennial is. But on the other hand, it's impressive because he's created this huge business. And it's looking to be very successful business if things are not interrupted by a crazy alien and his horde. So yeah, and it's not just the the whiny millennial or whatever though. It's it's also just that um, a Silicon Valley uh, small business upstart kind of thing where right. um, it's just this completely wild lifestyle that. No one can really survive or thrive in, uh, but somehow they are, you know, <laughs> and and but that but also with, goes with Deke's personality with him being a survivor. He can adapt very well to many different situations. Well, but my question to you then, Samantha, is you didn't like that episode where you saw what he was doing. But in this episode, we kind of find out why he was doing that, uh, because this is the whole thing where Fitzsimmons um find out that deke has brought some of his uh research team and some of his actual tech research into the lighthouse and they are working on all this this technology including the shaw drive which is based on that alien transportation drive but it's a personal device uh but fits super not happy about the stolen tech super not happy about that deke built a framework calls him out on it and then deke says and Fitz says, you just did this for money. And Deke says, no, I did this because no one likes me. I did this because I don't belong anywhere. I did this because all my friends are in the future. That doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I did this because Daisy hates me. I did this because my own family don't want anything to do with me. That's why he built this business that is causing him to be surrounded by all these people who are quote unquote friends. Now, what kind of friends? Well, who knows? Um, the romantic relationship that he had with uh, Sequoia wasn't necessarily a, a healthy one. Um, but yeah, I, what do you think about his answer? Because I think that that's a little bit of redemption for that episode where you're seeing what he's doing. And you're put off by it. But then here you see why he's doing it. And to me, um, it it made it, 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 it was sense. more understanding. Yeah. Yeah, it did make sense, uh, his reasonings there. And though I think he was being unfair to Daisy because I don't think she hates him. I just think she's just not interested in him romantically. And the best thing for him is to move on. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely, I think, an unfair assessment of how she feels about it because she clearly likes him in the sense that she would let him um, talk to her. And mm -hmm would actually spend some time with him, not all her time, like you would if you were in a relationship. And, and also, you know, she would save his life. If, oh, certainly, know. yeah. Um, and, and, and if something were to happen to him, she would, she would be sad if he was to be hurt or something like that. Um, right. But this is not true of all people. But oftentimes, if someone does not return the feelings that you have for them, it it gets uh, amplified. And so just not liking me turns into, oh, you hate me. 
Yeah. So it's kind of the stronger that you feel this is not everybody, but I think for him it's, Oh, I love her. Oh, she hates me. You know, it's just that amplified, um, negativity. Right. Which is still unfair very much like, cause it's not true. That's not true. Um, but what about how he calls out Simmons? Cause she says, we do care. And he says, you didn't even tell me Fitz was dead. And she says, yeah. I want, I wanted to spare you pain. And he says, no, I could have helped you with your pain by, we, by us going through it together. And, you know, as family. He's right. Yeah. Cause I mean, she thinks of him as her grandchild. And I think in a way she also may associate him as a child, but she should have have reached out to him and tried to, to get him to help because he would have helped. He would have been glad to help. In the search because, for sure. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, Fitz and Simmons, they're the only family he has really. Okay. But, but through that all, he makes some good points, but he, what you just said about them, maybe treating him like a child. He certainly acts like a child here where he's yeah. like, well, fine, I'm just going to go. And instead of slamming the door, he activates the Shaw drive and that sends him away. It works. It's never been tested on humans, but it worked on him. Good. Yay. But. <laughs> okay. So it, it needs to what have 20 or 30 minutes to charge up. Yeah. For yeah. the next jump. Well, and that's another area where Fitz just totally loses it on him because <laughs> he's, he's like, it's not working. It's not working. If it's like you, you idiot, why you know, it's going to take long to, to recharge. Yeah. You want to talk about not being fair Fitz. Now, granted, Fitz is thrown into a situation where he finds out he has a grandchild, uh, you know, that that knows him from a different timeline. And, yeah, he hasn't had the time to even, like, process that. But Right. Um, How many times did Fitz mess up? Frequently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that's a very complicated situation. And yeah, I think they need to go on a family vacation together. You know, Disney World would be a nice place. Yeah, or, or Universal. <laughs> or to, Universal. Yeah. Uh, you know, Disney could plug in, you know, their theme parks right there. Well, they wouldn't even have to pay because they could just use a Shaw drive and jump in. True. Yeah. <gasps> I want one. <laughs> <laughs> just jump right into Galaxy's Edge. And then you you, actually that wouldn't work because you have like a whole bunch of stuff that's based on like scanning your phones and stuff like that. But yeah, so you wouldn't get the full full effect, but we'll get around it. Speaking of getting around, let's let's get into the Temple of Doom here because Deke finds Mac, finds Yo-Yo, finds Flint. That's cool. He actually has a friend in this time period, depending on how good of a copy Flint is. Uh, he gives them frequency disruptors, which means Izel can't leap into yo-yo, which is good. They all run. Now, are and... these just slap bracelets? <laughs> they are those slappy I bracelets. Love I love that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more high tech, but not much as far as the uh, the way the attachment works. Uh, Deke is like, I got a plan. We're going to make these shrike infested zombie people follow me. 
uh, because I can jump away at any time, which is wrong. Uh, but Mac actually calls him Agent Shaw. And so now we finally have some resolution to that stuff he was just talking about. There's nowhere I belong. And my friends are all from a future that doesn't exist. Now he has Flint is back. Um, but the problem is the Shaw drive doesn't work. It just <laughs> instead of throwing him like out of the temple and back home, he goes like 12 feet. And <laughs> and then the singing begins. She has her rock opera. Oh, man, you said it. Okay, so Queen yeah. is my favorite band. <laughs> they are known for this kind of like rock opera. Yeah. Style. I, I can totally like this. see him singing that. Izel, he would do better than Izel. Oh, well, yeah. I think that this is really course. more of a spinal tap kind of thing here. <laughs> where, <laughs> you know, with the rocks in the background, you know. And... Yeah, but the rocks aren't 12 inches tall, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah. she's singing and the rocks are doing stuff. The monoliths are doing things. Things are happening. And it's in, it's interesting that she's singing because it's all gone on vibrations, right? And wavelengths and, and stuff like that. And, and her singing is producing those wavelengths to make the rocks do the things. And so that's, that is a cool way to tie it all together. That is a very cool sci-fi uh, sci uh, yeah. technique yeah. of telling the story. Um, it's just, I think the execution just came off a little silly. And so we're at the other part where I'm just like, is this working for me? Yeah. And and it's, it's not. I'm just going to be straightforward. I think it's cheesy. It reminds me of the opera singer in um, The Fifth Element. <laughs> Yes, um, it does. I, oh, that made so much more sense in the Fifth Element than well, what's because going on here. it was an opera concert and this was an opera singer. Um, but Izel here, you hit the nail on the head, Samantha, when you said it was the execution. The idea, mm -hmm. if you're reading it in a novel, it would work because you're reading about the song and you're reading about it and, and it's describing it to you and your head just kind of accepts that this is whatever it is, it's good. Um, the execution here, I just didn't, I just didn't feel it. Uh, it made sense what was happening, but, and, and I, I'm curious if it was a Bear McCreary thing where he was the one who did the, the music for that. Cause he does those kind of music cues as well. You know, he, in addition yeah. to scoring the episode, um, but if it's Bear McCreary, I cringe because I actually love his soundtracks. Well, and he implements music into the soundtracks in some really unique ways. Like uh, with Battlestar Galactica, uh, when um, All Along the Watchtower was used to show oh, that people yeah. were Cylons. And it was just like, what is going on here? And it doesn't really make any sense. Like, why is this song happening? And when you get to the finale of Battlestar Galactica, you're like, how does this song exist? You know, did, did the, I can't remember who wrote all along the watchtower, but um, was it Dylan? I don't was know. Was it Dylan or Hendrix? I can't remember. I don't I know. I think it may have been Dylan. But whoever it was, like, did they just get this trace memory, this ancestral memory from, from when the Cylons, because they're singing the song, you know, and um, 
but he implements this and he, you know, used the original themes from the original Battlestar Galactica uh, as as the theme song for a documentary about the fleet, you know, and and he did a lot of the the music, um, any incidental music in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, there's there's some rock music that he's brought in with his brother, you know, and their band and stuff like that. And so this is, I think, probably the first and maybe only misstep in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. musically. And yes. Although my kids did call out uh, in the episode where Daisy gets in the car with Ghost Rider in the tag scene is the third episode maybe of, of that season. Um, when she steps into the car, the music cue is really over the top. It's like, also, wow, like it's the worst thing in the world has just happened. And the greatest bad guy just stepped into the street kind of thing. And, um, but this is probably the closest to a misstep. Is that when we were still on the fence about Robbie Reyes? Yeah. We weren't supposed to know if he was good or bad yet. Okay. Yeah. You, we had seen that he was, that he had the, the brother so we've seen that, you know, humanizing relationship for him. Um, but he's also fought Daisy twice at that, by that point and, and fought okay. dirty because he's Ghost Rider. <laughs> of course. You know, um, possessed. Okay, but. so Dylan wrote all along the Watchtower. Oh, hey, I was right. Yes. I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. Uh, okay, so anything else about the singing? Speak now. Sing now uh, or forever hold uh-huh. peace. I kind of dug her the melodic tune. Now, whether or not it was over the top, I don't know. But like the quality of her voice, I kind of dug that. I thought it was good. Yes, I did agree. I do agree. It's just the way it was incorporated. It just it felt like what they had done was rushed and what they had because it was rushed. They did not have as good of a product as they could have if they had a little bit more money or time. Now, welcome to TV. <laughs> yes. That's true. That welcome said, to the end of a season in any TV show. Yes. But they set it up because yes. Sarge had said things before about feeling her song. I mean, it, so it wasn't completely out of the blue, but it, it did catch me off guard a little bit because we hadn't heard anything like that before in this in this season. Uh, but it had been talked about. There had been some exposition. Uh, so it wasn't like they just all of a sudden singing, you know, it was right. we talked about frequencies and we talked about Sarge saying, I still feel her song um, because they're from this place where there isn't any physical body. And so it, it makes sense, especially in a science fiction fantasy realm like we're in with the MCU. All right. So. Deke does make it to the Zephyr. Uh, Daisy comes back. Mac and Yo-Yo are getting ready to go. Flint has left with Piper in the Quinjet. This is when they have the argument, but he's not even real. And then they're like, what about Sarge? Um, as they're trying to get the Zephyr flight worthy, uh, Shrike zombie disables the, do- the door, which is not good. And then Mac is very unhappy about having Sar- uh, Sarge on the mission because he's a murdering murderer who murders. And that's all he is to Mac. But he called me Sky. Who else would know that? And then the zombie invasion begins on the Zephyr. And they have to lock themselves in a room. Yeah. So 
Well, going back to that quote earlier about that um, that exchange that um, uh, Daisy and uh, May had about Sarge cracking a joke like Coulson. Even in that exchange, you could hear in da- Daisy's response that um, she still has some slight doubts. So she's still not, I mean, she's like 99% on board, but she's still unsure. Yeah, I think her doubts come from she's just hoping that the traces of Coulson that are in there are going to influence cause, him. yeah, yeah, influence Sarge, yeah. exactly. And and so her doubt comes from, well, it's possible that Sarge won't let it happen. And and then you have May, who's like, I I just hope it is him. <laughs> and, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, which I feel bad for May. Yeah, because I would say that, if anything, Coulson was one of her weaknesses. Because she loved him. Do we know if he signed up for season seven or not? I don't think we should talk about that. Zip. Okay. Yep. That is something I do know about. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. Else. Okay. Yeah. I shall say no more. Oh, it's from a Beatles movie. You guys probably have not seen. I'm sorry. Is that Hard Day's Night? No, it's Help. Because mm. there's, there's someone who she's... Trying to help them, and she's dropping hints, and she keeps dropping hints, and and then she follows it with "I will, I shall say no more." Oh, and yes, they go on, true. and she drops off more hints, and "I shall say no more." Yeah, I think she says it like two or three times. It's been- well, okay. So my my point was, it is a. I I don't know whether or not he's signed up for the seventh season, but it is a way to revitalize his character and have it be fresh and new, which we talked about with the whole Thomas Riker thing and yada, yada, yada. It is a, it is an interesting thing to do to your lead character. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes, especially in the next episode. So let's talk about people going into the next episode. Well, before but yeah, before we talk about that, I, w- I want to say to our listeners who have seen the next episode. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, Izel's song opens up a portal, <laughs> and Sarge actually, when he comes in there, briefly loses his form. Izel likes this, um, but they fight, and then Sarge can't bring himself to kill her, can't stab her with that sword. Um, and then you have May and Izel, and they're both kind of calling out to, you know, the different past version of what Sarge was. And and May is like, you know, if you're Coulson, that means there's love in your heart and you need to remember who you are, who you were. And then Sarge stabs her and pushes her through the portal. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Yep. It well, that's her. that's what I was going to say. That it's it's not Coulson. It's Sarge. Pushes her into the portal and into the next episode. Yep. So, I I wrote down. This is this is going to dig deep for some of you. You're going to remember this from your past. But this was a big, big, big thing for me when I was in third grade. This is this sticks out in my memory. But it was Henry calling for Ribsy, where. Henry and Ribsy, uh, Ribsy's previous owner, comes and they they 
They both stand on either side of the, this dog that Henry has been living with, taking care of, and they're both calling for Ribsy. And whoever Ribsy goes to, that's that's who gets to keep the dog. And that Wait, was where is this coming from? This is coming from the Beezus and Ramona series of books. They, this is they did it. Henry and Ribsy, I think, might be the name of the book. But they they also did it in Annie too. The cops like, hey. Prove me, prove to me that's your dog, and so she calls him. Hey, I forget what she calls Sandy, and yeah. Sandy walks over. Mm. Yep. So that's how I felt with with May and Izel. <laughs> They're both kind of calling out to him, and like whichever one yeah. of them is able to get him wins. Um, Maybe okay. he'll stab her with a sword. I also felt like this ending was a callback to when Coulson was st- stabbed in um, The Avengers. And also for the Buffy fans out there, when Buffy had to stab Angel to close that portal. Well, okay, so I have not seen the next episode. So, Samantha, you might as well just... But... An- <laughs> yeah. So... I'm thinking... Okay. And you say, so maybe you've tipped your hand a little bit because you say it's not Coulson, it's Sarge. And I already know it's not Coulson. But I'm wondering, okay, is Sarge playing a longer game here by tossing May into the portal in such a way that it actually looks like he's killed her, but in the portal, she's going to become energy or something and and not be dead and not be hurt and wounded. And this is actually Sarge's way to fight against Izel. To me, that's totally what happened. <laughs> I have not seen the last episode either, but that's the way this series, this season specifically, but also the series does things. Right. And you you see one thing and it turns out it's something completely different. And not just like a little different, like 180 degrees different. Yeah. yeah. You see something bad. Oh no, what happened? And then it turns out to be good. Oh, okay. So if Sarge is not affected by Coulson's imprint and this is not a bigger plan and sorry, Samantha, you're just going to have to continue mumbling over there with your, your mouth over your hand over your mouth or whatever. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be a little bit disappointed if, if it just turns out that Sarge is actually just a bad guy and yeah. Mm. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I, I, Oh, that's I think that's almost a disservice to Clark Gregg, the actor. Because he's he's arguably one of the most prolific MCU character actors that we have. Right. He's he's done. He's been Agent Coulson more than anybody else has been any other character. So to have. Yeah. In the MCU. yeah, Yeah. More hours of Coulson than anyone else. Right. So to have him go, nah, you know, right at the very end of his own series is kind of. Except it's not Coulson. I mean, it's 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 the same actor, but it's I mean, he he had his death. He did his big grand season finale victory last season. And then this season in flashback, we see him die. Uh, and we see the effects of how they all reacted to this, to this death. And so a lot of ways, this season becomes far from home 
the TV series in the sense that Far From Home is the echoes and the ripples and the legacy of Tony Stark. And this season is the echoes and the ripples and the legacy of Coulson with his team. And and so if he turns out to just be a bad guy, it's just gonna be a little disappointing for me. But right, because then why cast him? Yeah, right. Why have why have Clark Gregg in there at all? Why not just have anyone else? So. To allow him to show his range. Right. Well, there is that. Yeah. You know, actors want to do something different and and this gives them the right, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also feel like this is similar to what they did with Brett Dalton, who played Grant Ward, where they kept killing the character and bringing him back. Killing the character. Yeah. Well, and bringing him back in such a way that he p- could play it as a different character, as a completely different right. person. Um, Which is what what they did with um, Hydra. They killed Brett Dalton and then or actually they did it in season one. Um, They killed the Grant Ward we thought we had. And he turned out to be a crazy person. And then they killed that crazy person. And it turned out to be this alien god. Well, and so they bring him back. They bring back the actor and let him show his range as as. uh, Oh, what was the name of that character? Hydra? No, no. Um, oh, what was he? No, when he was the alien. The alien? Yeah. Hydra. No, he had a different name. I can't remember what it is, though. Yeah, I can't remember the name. But anyway, he got to do that. And then they bring him back in the framework. And he gets to be, you know, this this different version of the character. and A good version, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think that was really just bringing him back for the framework was really just a love letter to, to say goodbye to Brett. But also allowed him to play a new character. Right. You know, he actually got to be this heroic, um, you know, strong jawed good guy. The guy we thought he was. Yes. Right. So should we talk about the Chronicoms? Yes. What the heck? <laughs> I don't understand where this is, why we even have it. Every time they come on, I'm like, okay, we're dipping into this for two seconds. Why? For well, next season. A, I mean, this is not a spoiler. Yeah, I was going to say this is setting up a, a, a bad guy for next season. At this point, it just feels like there's so much more that they have to do with all the stuff that's happening in this main plot line that this Chronicom thing has to be setting up big bad for next season. Um, at first I thought they were doing all this and that the Chronicom were going to come to earth and become a part of this conflict that we're having with Izel. But I do not think that anymore. There's just so much going on. And they're so not even interested in earth at all. Like the Venn diagram of plot a and plot B does not overlap. <laughs> no. So we'll just wait and see on that. But this tag scene was there was some it was just a nice revelation the way that they revealed it. Here comes a friend to Enoch. We've already seen them be friends together. And he's saying, hey, let's let's work together to find all the other anthropologists. And then nope, Because he's going through the list of all the anthropologists. Oh, he's been turned into a hunter. Him too, him too, him too. And then Isaiah, who's sitting right next to him, is there on the screen as another anthropologist that has been turned 
into a hunter. That was a good way to tell that story for sure. So what's going to happen with that? I don't know what's going to happen to Enoch. I don't know, but I have a feeling that he is not going to die at Isaiah's hand after this little scene here. But uh, (laughs) I'm just glad that we get to keep Enoch a little bit longer. Yeah. So anything else? I'm going to go watch the next episode. (laughs) Uh, Grant Ward turned into Hive. That was that's his hive. Name. Okay, yeah. I thought it was Hydra, but be the Hydra Hive, would it not? Well, the Hive Mind. But his his name actually was Hive because he was a Hive Mind. Yeah, okay, was it yeah. the Borg Queen of the Hydra? <laughs> Basically, but no, because the Borg Queen was connected to all the Borg, and Hive just had all the different minds of all the different people that he had taken over. All right. Well, what what are your any final words for you guys before we we shut this one down? Yes, uh, I'd like to, to. I would like to thank our Patreon patrons: Andrew, Jeffrey, Tassel, zero eight four, Blessed Cheesemaker, and Dre. Thank you all so very much. Thank you. And I would like to thank those who are not Patreons for listening, even though you do listen Patreons. I'm going to start that over. I'd like to thank everybody. <laughs> including those who don't Patreon help us. Thank you guys for listening. It's awesome to connect with you on social. Yeah. And I want to say thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for um, supporting us and for sticking with us. And yeah, it's been over 300 episodes, which is just crazy to think about. And So, yeah, thank you, though. You make it worth all that time that goes into all those episodes. And to think, I mean, the reason we do this, you guys support us this way, but the reason we started this in the first place, I built this company because no one liked me. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, it's post-credit. Uh, first of all, uh, what the, that line that I used from the episode is not true because this is not a company. This is a podcast. <laughs> and we all love you, Ben. Yeah, because how much money do you make off this podcast? Uh, enough to keep you guys around. So, <laughs> But then again, you guys are cheap, so what can I say? That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> hey, let's talk about Disney Plus and what Disney Plus is offering. Because, everything. 
everything. So the way I've been describing this to people is the vault is open. That's the only way to describe it. Because I, if I want a movie, it's on there. Like I was like, you know what? That darn cat. No, no, no. Not the 2007 version. The 1965 version. It's on there. Herbie. On there. Davy Crockett. On there. Uh, Inhumans. We talked about that. Yes. On there. Uh, Agent Carter on there. Um, almost all of the Marvel movies, I think. I mean, uh, I but even that's saw... just because Infinity War won't be on day one. It will get there, but it's not going to be available immediately. Same with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Uh, they're still over on Netflix. Though, yeah. Right? Yeah. All um, of the Star Wars movies are on there. Uh, yep. And Star Wars Rebels will be on there, and the Clone That's Wars. That's going to be good again. Clone and Wars the, will be and, on there, and the um, the limited series Clone Wars. So yes, there was the 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 voiced. Do you mean the season five? No, the um, you remember the limited series that came out long before the the show even aired? Oh, you mean the the two dimensional ones? Yeah, those are so good. Yes. Those are going to be on there. Um, I mean, we haven't talked about the world according to Jeff Goldblum or High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah, no, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> the idea behind High School Musical, the musical the series is interesting to me, though, because it's about the people who go to the school where they filmed High School Musical. And they are going to put on uh, a stage production of. High School Musical. So it's like a reality show? Kind of. I mean, it's, it's a, a it's love a drama. letter tribute. It's a drama thing where instead of it being a remake of High School Musical, it's about a group of kids who are making or uh, putting together a stage production of High School Musical. I'm not going to watch it, but I do love the idea of it. It's kind of like 90210, the new 90210, where it's about the actors coming together and trying to get another season of 90210 and oh oh so it's not a documentary it's it, it's a scripted yeah it's version it's, of a document of a potential documentary yeah it, so it's there's okay. there's some good ideas there i'm not going to watch it because i don't care but it's the idea is fantastic um and yeah. then of course there's the mandalorian Day one, yes. not all of it because it's going to be a weekly thing. But oh man, that's going to look so good. It's going to be so good. Uh, Tron, yes. Uh, Tron Both? Legacy, they're going to be on there. Um, unidentified flying oddball. Yeah. <laughs> so, Black Cauldron. Yeah. Black Cauldron. Black Hole. I mean, some of the older. Uh, like I said, the vault is open. That's a, that's an incredible thing because, okay, kids we, we used to be when they would, they'd put movies into the vault and you wouldn't be able to get them after they went away. Not that they actually had a big vault of VHS tapes, but well, they did have a big giant animated vault door that they would close yes. to say and, that the vault is coming to this, this thing. And, and then it would open sometimes and release from the vault, pay us more money that they just took the off the hinges and it's open. Yeah. 
Um, I don't remember if I kept this in the episode uh, from last week, but the movie I was talking about, the kid in Kid Ar- King Arthur's Court, that's going to be. In oh there. yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, Adventures in Babysitting, the original and the remake. It's going to be there. Um, the Parent Trap. Both all versions. Of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, but not just both versions, but it's also the uh, the, the one sequel, sequel that they too. did. Yeah, yeah. Three um, men and the sequel? baby. Parent Trap Two. Yeah, I didn't uh, know about that. Well, okay, so there's Parent Trap, and then the '98 Parent Trap. Although I don't see the sequel on here now. Because there, there was a sequel where um, Haley, what's her name? Haley Mills. Haley Mills. She, as an adult, um, was playing the twins. And I don't remember what happened in the movie. I do remember seeing it. But it was something about their kids doing something with with them. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that, too. Now that I, now that you say it. Yeah. I, mm. 1986. Tom Skerritt's in this movie? I don't know. Okay. Um, 6.3, which means it's not great, but it's not bad for a Sunday afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Or at least that's the rating on IMDb. uh, Three men and a baby. Three men and a little lady. Which I did not see. Both directed by Leonard Nimoy. He did both of them? He did huh. both of them. I did not know that. I didn't know it either until I looked it up on the <laughs> – thank goodness for the internet. Tomorrowland is going to be on there. I mean this uh, – I wish they'd make a sequel to Tomorrowland. Yeah. Oh, there was a Parent Trap 3 in 1989. And Haley Mills was in it too. Hmm. Uh yeah, and so the one thing I okay. haven't heard about that I'm really curious about is like the made-for-TV movies, like uh, was that Earth Star Voyager? It was a sci-fi two-night thing that they did um, that ended up being just special movie. And then I don't know if you remember this or not, but The Last Electric Night, which turned into a TV show called Sidekicks, and it was Ernie Reyes Jr. and Gil Gerard. So Ernie Reyes Jr., who went on to be in like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and a whole bunch of uh, martial arts things. Gil Gerard, who was Buck Rogers, uh, but he was a cop who was working with this kid who had uh, electric karate powers. And it was a um, movie of the week kind of thing. And then they turned it into a series called Sidekicks. And I haven't seen anything about that being on there, but. I wonder so, if Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme will be on this. What I'd like to see, <laughs> I'd love to see some of the old um, DTV cartoons oh, yes. that played between the Disney Channel, oh. the episodes of, of whatever on the Disney Channel. So like the one, the, uh, the one Mamas and Papas song where Donald gets a singing voice after he gets a plant dropped on his head. I've not seen oh, that. Yeah. But I wonder yeah. if Chippendale Rescue Rangers will be on there. It is. I, I thought I saw it is. I thought I saw like the whole afternoon lineup. Yeah, so that's uh Gummy Bears. Um Gummy nice. Bears. Uh Darkwing Duck, uh DuckTales, Gargoyles. Do you guys watch the new DuckTales? I thought that was a WB show. No, no. Darkwing Duck is Disney so afternoon. Disney. 
Yeah. Because oh. uh, remember, um, Launchpad McQuack is in it. Oh, which that's made right. It, made, I mean, he he was in both. I mean, the, the the guy who played Launchpad McQuack, you know, is one of those things like, you know, being on two different Star Trek series at the same time. But he was yeah. uh, Darkwing Duck and DuckTales. You know, he would be in, in back-to-back episodes of those. And the guy who created Duck, Darkwing Duck had the audacity to go on in the internet and say that they're not in the same universe. Well, I could live with that. It, parallel universes and one launch pad is one and one is the other. But uh, there's a bunch of Marvel cartoon stuff as well that's going to be on there. Yeah. Um, like the okay. 90s X-Men. And the 90s Iron Man and the 90s Fantastic Four and the – I believe the 60s Spider-Man um, no, you know, if I wasn't sold on Disney Plus already, right? Uh, yeah, S- Spider Man from 1981, Spider Man and His Amazing Friends, uh, which was the kind of the season after that Spider Man from 81, Spider Woman from 1979, um, Tron Uprising, which I've been curious about. That was good, yeah, yeah, or at uh, least the, the episodes I saw were good. I haven't seen if the thing, uh, it doesn't look like the thing is on there where he would say ring thing or thing ring, do your thing. Uh, and <laughs> he would put his rings together and he would turn into the thing. It was not a great show, but <laughs> it, was not Captain <laughs> planet Disney. No, I don't think so. Darn. No. Oh, so yeah. Cause now you're just <laughs> going back to like your childhood and asking yourself. Yeah. Well, but it, So here's the thing though. It might've been Fox and the Simpsons. All of the Simpsons is going to be on there. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, crazy. To my mind, that's really early. Like, I wouldn't have expected them to get with the Fox stuff so quickly. But it is. And and then also, we talked about this before, but Inhumans will be on there. (laughs) And The Incredible Hulk will be on there. Um, yep. I have not seen anything about Blade the series, but um, but that's not that's not Disney. And then coming forward, we got the WandaVision stuff, and we got you know yep. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, the yes, the vault is open, and that's really cool. But also, the stuff coming forward bought my ticket a long time ago. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. I, and as we said before, like there is no other company. I think in the world that could launch a streaming service with just their stuff. They didn't even need the Fox stuff. Honestly, right. just Disney alone has so much material and so many things, so many shows and so many reruns and so many nostalgic things and so many new things to and just so many different things. Yeah. It, you know, no one else could do what they're doing. You would have to be a Netflix or an Amazon prime or, a Hulu, which was, you know, three different corporations ended up buying it out or whatever. But you would have to be a company that is just incorporating other people's stuff. Disney doesn't have to do that because of just what they have and how how prevalent and big they are. So yep. I it's a big deal. If we haven't sold you on this yet. You weren't going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, and I and I hope I didn't offend any listeners. And if I did, you can find me on the internet. Well, no, but, I, there's nothing wrong with that, because if if you're not going to do it, 
then you're not going to do it. You know, right. and it doesn't mean you're anything less of a fan. It doesn't mean no, 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 that you're no. anything more of a fan. There's nothing wrong with saying if we haven't if we haven't convinced you yet, you're not going to get convinced because if you're not interested in what we said, you're just not going to be interested, and that's okay. That's totally okay. And the thing those that's that we're not- wondering. Okay, so Captain Planet uh, was a production <laughs> was produced by uh, Hanna Barbera, and. I didn't know um, yeah, and um, they were absorbed by Turner, which was absorbed by Warner Brothers, if I'm reading this correctly. <laughs> so, yeah, they would not be anywhere on D- Disney+. Plus. <sighs> and sadly. For those of you who are wondering, based on our f- previous episode, and I talked about the last Noah's Ark, it's actually the last journey, I think, of, of Noah's Ark. And... It's not listed on there yet. So, and that's the other thing. It, the, the, they are launching with so many nostalgic shows that I think most of us are just going to be sitting there going, oh my gosh, that's on their click love. Oh my gosh, that's on their click love. You know what I mean? And so then our watch list is going to be like four miles long. Yeah. <laughs> There's. Uh, there is a very real potential of a lot of loss of productivity for a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now. What are you talking about? Listening, producing. <laughs> well, you're listening right now. You're listening to, yeah, I am listening as yes. you're talking, but, yes. yeah, listening and responding. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Ricky Schroeder was in the last journey of the Noah's Ark. Hmm. It was one of his first roles as a very, very little guy. And Elliot Gould was also one of the leads. Not that it matters because <laughs> whatever. I like weird things. I like old things. And yeah. I mean, and, and Disney plus let's bring your back full circle is going to have lots of weird old things. Yeah. Hopefully more than they've listed already, but we'll find out. But I All think right. that's the epi- end of this episode. Yes. And so Stuart, Samantha, thank you for coming on at the same time. Thank yeah. you. And Yay. We will try and do the right. same for the next episode. And then from there, we will be doing the finale for season two of Cloak and Dagger. Finally. Finally. Oh, that will be after our next Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. And from there, we will be delving back into the Netflix series that we have missed out on. And yeah, uh, there's plenty for, for us to talk about, even though Disney Plus will not have any new Marvel on day one. Which is fine. Because there's so much already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought someone was going to say finish? something there. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Godspeed, everyone.